Hello, beautiful people. I'm Mike. This is episode 31 of Push to Shout, the internet's first gaming podcast. Joining me tonight, as always, the lovely Skippy Sigmatic. We're really, we're really excited to, uh, to be here tonight, guys. Uh, it's just not a lot to talk about, but there is just, you know, not what our mission statement <laughs> about games is. But yeah, I guess not. Movies. Mad we're the Max. game. We're 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 ostensibly a video game podcast, but that doesn't necessarily. You know, we don't like to confine ourselves. We orbit around it. You know, like a comet. That's what we are. We're celestially brilliant. Okay, let's talk about Mad Max. I want to talk about Mad Max. I want that to talk about Mad Max too. Fucking awesome, Mad Max Fury Road. Wow, that was just a no bullshit action movie, and it was the, maybe the best action movie I've ever seen. I yeah, I would say definitely the best action movie I've ever seen, and probably the best movie I've ever seen in theaters. It's the only movie I've ever gone to see twice in theaters. Uh, I, I I wanted to go back in when I came out of it. Like I I. I, I that's the first movie that's ever had that effect on me where it was like, I can just go ahead and see that twice and, and, and love it. And then I did see it twice. And the second time I literally, I actually enjoyed it better than the first time. Like, I'm, I'm going to go more. back and see it again. Like I highly it. recommend it. Oh man. Oh, where do you start? I, I guess just little moments we could talk about. I, yeah, whatever, whatever, um, where to start. I don't know. Or I guess we should at least grace people with a little bit of synopsis. Um, Mad Max Fury Road, fourth movie in the Mad Max series. Don't really need to have seen the other ones, though. Um, Not at all. Yeah. Uh, Desert wasteland, every resource is scarce, women, gas, greenery, water, and just just run by these fucking crazy war-like pale men. War boys. War boys. And they're led by this um, Immortan Joe who's kind of this, like, very old, sort of dying, but revered as a god leader of this pack of war boys. And um, the setup of the movie is that Imperator Furiosa, the sort of chief bitch of the, uh, like, she's not a war boy, but she's with that tribe or group. She kidnaps this warlord's brides, who are basically just kept in a hole to breed, and, she doesn't um, so much kidnap them as much as well, you know, save smuggle them. them. Yeah, with it's it's a consensual thing. She doesn't uh, smuggle or rape them. Um, and then they she takes off across the desert with these women and runs into Mad Max. <laughs> I mean, the story is it's very loose. It takes a backseat to the action, which it is does, great because the action not... is so good. The, the, one of the best parts about it, though, is that the story isn't just completely secondary. Like it's not just right. there to they don't forget be a framing about it. for the action. Yeah, and and there's actually a little bit of depth there as far as like you know it's the it's the same I guess kind of cliche or just it's been done a lot the apocalyptic themes of that the movie you know presents. But it, it, the fact that it's being done in a really good movie, I, it doesn't matter. You don't care if it's cliche or whatever. It's yeah. fantastic, and, and it's never felt that crazy. <laughs> like. This is the craziest post-apocalyptic movie far, I've ever seen. Yes, uh, it, it's it's insane, and the there's not a lot of dialogue, but they there's a lot of world building, I guess, almost without the dialogue. Like watching how the War Boys, their kind of little culture that they've established, it's never really explained, 
at all through dialogue, but you you start to understand like okay, here's why these people are doing it this way. Here's and especially like even the second viewing, like it seems really simple, but if you watch it again, you'll pick up more and more about how things work. Kind of, there's a yeah. lot of. Like attention to detail, they just show you. Sometimes it's as short as like one little shot, but they tell you a lot about how this world works. They have like a big pile of steering wheels, and that's you know kind of like their armory that they go into so that they can load up in their in their war cars. And um, that, I mean, it's great. And then I love the, that the war scene boys. where they're, they're they're building up the convoy and they're lowering yes. all the vehicles and shit. Ah, and they're playing the drums. Ah, and the war all. boys are all kind of like pale, and they're called half lives. Like they only have half a life to live. They kind of have like radiation poisoning and tumors, and they're all pale. And um, you know, so one of them finds Max, one a war boy named Nux finds Max and sort of uses him as his blood bag, and then you can kind of <laughs> see the color like enter his face as he's got him hooked up to well, himself. They, they capture they capture Max in the first scene of the film, which even it's just a really short establishing shot, but it's really awesome. And it's it is the scene that made me realize how real the special effects were because after I saw it the first time, I was like, God, a lot of those scenes seemed really real like they didn't seem like cgi and and there were a lot of areas where the cgi wasn't even that great and you were like wait a minute is there less cgi than i think there is and then i went back to like there's some making of videos on youtube and stuff that first scene where it's just a short little chase and then they blow up the car and it flips over that just happens like they just film that as is there's no special effects that's just what what happens that's what makes well there's so much that makes the movie so good but that's one of the things that stands out is that at any opportunity that they could use practical effects in lieu of special effects, they did. And, and even really in some places where you wouldn't think that they'd be able to not use practical effects, they did. That's the yeah. amazing thing. Like they hired Cirque du Soleil actors to do some of the stunts that just seems like, no, you're, you're using a CGI, dude. There's no way you're jumping from car to car like this and stuff, but they actually do it and it looks fantastic as a result. And I don't know. That's a little bit of a tangent because my whole, my, my original point was that Max, at the beginning, he gets tattooed onto him that he's a universal blood donor of high octane blood, which apparently I don't know. This is kind of a like they've got this kind of like cult uh, following behind this this bad guy, and they seem to think that when they get blood from the the people who aren't half lives, whatever that means, the people who don't have radiation poisoning or whatever that like it, it it re-energizes them and you see that like you said you see the re-energizing effect on like one of the characters and he starts going really like crazy it's just ah i love it and they, when they spray their mouths with, with the, the chrome, chrome. <laughs> that was so good like at first i i saw it looked like shiny but i still wasn't entirely sure that it was chrome yeah but then when the um when the immortan immortan joe is like describing the chrome in like this I forget exactly how he describes it, but it's in this very kind of like Norse mythological context. Yeah, he's like the power the of the chrome will take you to Valhalla or something like that. They, they have like this concept of Valhalla. Like, <laughs> it's great. It's yeah, and, and they're all kind of suicidal, which is part of what adds to the action and the how tense the film is, is that all the guys who are chasing them are these guys who are really close to death anyway, because they're half lives. And they <laughs> so they're they're willing to just kill themselves to try to capture Max or capture the women or whatever. And so there's these scenes where they I love it the the witness me and they all say witnessed and then they they do a suicide 
Oh God, it's and just <laughs> nonstop. It, it just keeps escalating too. Like yeah. um, when like the the shot of the huge wall, that sandstorm. Yes, and they and they go into it, and Max is just desperately clutching onto the back of this little car. That's my favorite scene in the movie. That's I think. so good, and it it's just all of it's it's great. It's such a great movie, and the music, the music God. that was actually really creative. So, like the way they did it, um, you know, obviously the music is great in a lot of it, but um, sort of the defining musical gimmick, I guess you could call it a gimmick in, in a good way, is that this part of that war caravan is just this huge truck filled with war drums, speakers, amplifiers, and then a guy like hooked up to bungee cords holding an electric guitar, a double-necked electric guitar that shoots fire out the <laughs> neck. Like and it's just great. And the way they they use the music as like Max and Furios are trying to run away from these people. And so, like, if if they get stopped by something, you can hear the guitars, like, getting closer and the drums in the distance. Like, yeah, there's, a, they, there's one particular scene where the, it's like a helicopter shot over the convoy that's chasing after them. And you hear the electric guitar, like, in the distance. And as it, as it flies over, it, it kind of amplifies for a second. And it merges into the soundtrack of the chase. And that's... that's constantly done throughout the film, especially the drums. You can always hear the drums. And... That's a, it's very clever and very badass, and that vehicle alone adds so much to the movie. Just because, like, it, it's it's intimidating in a way, and awesome and funny, and just damn, they 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 hit the nail on the head with that one. It was awesome. Yeah, it's there. It's not like even though it is really funny and really silly, it's still played like just straight enough that it's like, yeah, this is fucking crazy. <laughs> like, yeah, like that. That's another thing that it's kind of surprising how like. It's very hard to tread that line between, okay, we're being silly, we're self-aware of being just over-the-top crazy, but they play it straight in a way that doesn't feel too cheesy, or it feels cheesy in just the right way, kind of, and and it's it's such a hard line to balance, and you see so many films that kind of do it right, but not quite, and I would, I would even put, like, the Marvel movies under that umbrella, but, like, mm. they just... This never feels the tone never feels weird in, in at all in this movie and and sometimes it, it ventures a little far into the silly part of into the silly side of things but that never feels off that never feels unusual and uh and and the cool thing too is that it, nothing ever defies physics in a way that feels I guess immersion breaking you would say like it's not like the Transformers movies where you've got these stupid giant robots that just don't even make sense and it's impossible to comprehend what's even going on. Because all the stunts are practical, or most of them, I, everything feels very real, and yeah. and you can follow it with just logic and and stuff that's happening off screen. You can understand how it's working and how it's happening. It doesn't. It's it because I've seen like a lot of reviewers describe it as over the top crazy. It's over the top, but not in its logic or physics yeah. or anything. That's one of the most important marks it hits perfectly. Is that it keeps the action crazy and huge but it doesn't try to skip over the details it lets you really understand exactly what's happening at every point like you know exactly where this car is and where this one is and who is positioned where at any given time it's just all staged and blocked 
in a really effective way. So even so, when these huge things happen, like um, like these war boys on massive poles teetering, I love it, like a hundred feet up, not a hundred feet, but you know, <laughs> uh, very high up in the air, just swinging back and forth and trying to pluck people out of the the other vehicles at high speeds in the desert. You still can follow it. It's effortless to follow, which makes how big the stuff that happens all the more impactful. And in my second time viewing it, I, I kind of paid extra attention to that, where I was actually like tracking certain vehicles or certain people where they were in the different shots to see if they really got that con- continuity as good as it seems. And like even like they'll they'll have like a, a, a really zoomed out shot from far away, and you'll see those guys on the poles. And and you'll see one of the poles is coming down and there's a guy reaching. And the next shot, and I mean, that was a very tiny part of this huge shot. And then the next shot is that guy grabbing someone out of the truck. And it's like they, they time it in such a way, they make it a perfect sync. And very rarely do I see that much attention to detail and even very tiny little shots, just shot to shot, the continuity is. And, and that's such a, that I think that's like a really underappreciated thing in film is is continuity and just like the, the really minor stuff if you get it wrong it can be really really like it can create a really bad dissonance but if you get it right people don't notice and that's what's so great about it and i think that's one of the things that mad max does perfectly is is just everything like you said you always know where people are they they establish things in such a way where even though it's essentially a 2 hour car chase you never feel like there's just you never feel like, oh, wait a minute, what about this guy? Like, what? Why aren't they being chased right now, or whatever? Like, it, it's always it always makes sense. Which is there's something to be said for that when you've got such a crazy premise of just a car chase that just keeps going and going and going. Yeah, um, I. The worst thing I can say about it is that like the part before the final action sequence was a little bit slow to me, but even then it was just like a little slow, and you kind of need that break. To be to be able to process the movie. Yeah, though. the more I thought about that, like because I didn't like that scene very much at all. Um, I, I didn't feel like the explanations that it was giving the 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 narrative that it was building was was really necessary. But on my second viewing, I was like, you know, if that break wasn't there, if it just went straight on to the final, yeah. that would just be it, it would be exhausting, overwhelming. You'd, be, you'd yeah. be mentally out of breath. And but yeah, it manages to avoid that. Uh, even though it, it might be a little overlong, the choice was probably the right one. Yeah, it's just oh, it's such a great, such a great movie. Yeah, and 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 whether you've seen the other films or not, and whether you're an action you film anyway. buff or yeah. anything, you need to see this movie. You just need to. Um, my sister hated it, but <laughs> she, she's got bad taste. I, I, that's all I can say. Like it, it's just, I also just don't think it's a girly movie. Uh, it is definitely a movie for for guys being dudes <laughs> um it, yeah but it's 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 amazing i i i cannot and the thing is like people are like well you're just overhyping it like i you, you know someone on twitter said like tell me something bad that happens in the movie something tell me t- t- tell me something that the movie does badly uh so that i can at least have something like <laughs> at least i could be surprised by it honestly it lives up to the hype like i i wish that i went in there without people hyping it up so that i could be surprised but regardless like i went in there a week after it came out a week after i'd heard all this crap about how great it was and it it still blew me away so just see it see it see it see it go to the theater and see it don't miss your chance to go to the theater and see it by the way like don't don't wait for it to come out on dvd definitely i did you see it in i saw it in 2d i don't i'm not really a fan of 3d but i might see it in 3d for this yeah i thought about seeing it on in 3d on my second 
watch, but then there were other people coming, so it was like, ah, whatever. 2D, I don't think that 3D really would enhance it very much, except one scene in particular that's very obviously built for <laughs> yes. 3D. But, but uh, no, I, I, I don't think it makes much of a difference. And, and I've asked people who've seen both, and they've said, eh, whatever. One little thing I liked about it is that it's very precise with its setups and payoffs. Like, it'll yes. say, there's full four bullets left in this gun. Yeah. And then it's not immediate, but, like, a couple scenes later, they'll be shooting that same gun, and they have to be aware of the number of bullets left in it. Or you'll see this guy's fat, huge foot in one scene, and then later, uh, he kills the guy and uses his foot to weigh down the pedal. Like, yeah. it's, it, it's very exacting with the way it sets up and pays off things like that, which is it's just fun. <laughs> it's fun. It is. It's, it is a fun movie by every definition of a fun movie. It, it's just fun. And it will, it, will, it will give you an adrenaline rush of type. Like, I've never had a movie have that kind of effect on me where for, like, 24 hours afterwards, it's not all I could think about, but I was a little amped. Like, I could just, <laughs> I, I could just feel it. And I made the mistake of downloading the soundtrack and playing it in my car. I was going on a trip for Memorial Day weekend, and I played it in my car while I was on the interstate. And I was like going like ninety miles an hour, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is a bad idea!" Like I just, I was just like, "Fuck, we gotta go!" And it was, it, it's a really good soundtrack, by the way. So, <laughs> oh god, the, the the guitar guy makes that soundtrack. Or at least the yeah. use of sound of that movie. That yeah, and it's very, like, they don't such a nice it. touch. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's another thing about the whole movie is that, like, they could easily have just overdone everything. I like I, I, I like to just compare it to Transformers because it's just the polar opposite of everything that Transformers does wrong. This movie does right, like, the special effects and everything. And, like, they have some really awesome concepts and some awesome cars and everything. And they use them so minimally that you're always felt you always feel like god I, I want more of that like i wish that scene wasn't over but then the next scene gets set up and you're like you forget that the last scene even happened you're like i want to see this and then that one ends and you're going god damn it that ended too quickly and then the next one comes and so that's it, it leaves you out of breath and it leaves you just wanting like i literally wanted the movie to be twice as long as it really is it, i would have kept watching it but but i know that it's a better movie as a result of, of not being that long but they could have done it like they could have just they could have taken that guitar guy to its extreme. They could have taken it all to the extreme, and they didn't. They 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 showed a lot of restraint that uh, paid off. It's God. Yeah, can't say enough movie. good stuff about that movie. Okay, so we'll leave the rest to you guys to go see because you absolutely should go see it. Yes. Um, I'm gonna talk about a little brouhaha that went on last night. Uh, yeah. Okay. I I got banned from Hitbox for 72 hours, and here's the story. I was streaming Broken Age Act 2 all night, which I'll get to. <laughs> I'll get to that. But um, this guy, I got a notification after that was over, and I was still streaming. I was switching it to Life is Strange because I needed to play it and get my save up to where it's going to go um, to eventually play the new one. Anyway, I get a notification that somebody's hosting my stream. I'm like, okay, that's weird. Can I just turn that off? Hosting streams, by the way, is just when somebody, like, has your stream on their page and you get the views and follows from it, but it's still kind of shitty because, you know, they just scatter their like social media donation links around your video. And I don't like yeah, that. That's weird. Yeah. And turns out there's no way to disable it. You can't stop people from doing it. Even if you like set it to hidden. So, um, I went into the chat and there was nobody there. It turns out it was a bot that did it. 
as soon as I said it to Life is Strange. Not even the streamer was there. There was nobody in the chat. So then, jokingly, I'm like, okay, guys, let's go fuck his chat. And then <laughs> we link the thing. And then it's just us in this empty chat room, like, talking shit to nobody. And then, I think, by linking someone else's stream, it, like, sets off a flag. Yeah. Like, because obviously you can't sick your audience on another streamer. That would be ridiculous. But there was nobody there to be harassed. Yeah, but I yeah. still got banned 72 hours for harassment. I, that's not, I don't care so much about the time. I just make another account and, you know, for that brief period and then it's over. But it's, it's just, it sucks that you can't stop people from doing that. Yeah, that's weird. I didn't know about that feature. I guess that's a feature. Um, I, I'm also surprised that this is a kind of a different su- subject, but I'm surprised that Hitbox doesn't seem like it at all. It didn't kick off the same way I thought it would, especially with how much Twitch was kicking itself in the ass with all of its like the music policies and stuff like that, where they were taking down streams and the way they deleted streams and all that stuff. I thought that people would move over to Hitbox in waves because Hitbox has a lower, much much lower uh, lag time between the stream and the chat, and it, it just seems better in not every way. I'm not going to be as ridiculous as that, but like it seems better in the ways that I find important, which is I like to talk to the chat, I like to have that instant communication, yeah. and it has you know good little features. It's a very simple platform that I like to use, and people constantly ask me, well, why aren't you on Twitch? And if I was on Twitch, I'd have, I, I've noticed my viewers, I don't get nearly as many viewers on Hitbox as I did with Twitch because people just don't want to use Hitbox. They just don't want to. They don't want to make an account. None of that. So I just, I'm surprised at how little support it's gotten. I think, I think it's kind of like a, almost like a YouTube daily motion. If you just pretend for a second that daily motion was technically superior in every way that yeah. if, if streaming is your primary thing that you do, you're probably not going to want to do it on the smaller platform, even if it's got those VOD issues and stuff like that. Because yeah. I, I wasn't even so much aware that this happens as much as it does, but it's a pretty sig- significant thing now. A lot of people just go on Twitch and browse through the directories and just look for random streams and use that as like their primary thing. They don't yeah. just like follow people across platforms and Twitch just being one of those platforms. But I think for people like you and me or for anybody else who is like primary has their outlet on YouTube, it it just makes sense to use Hitbox because we're not so much depending on people to, to follow us on Hitbox because we basically drive all traffic from external sources. Well, see, that's what I figured is that because I'm I'm driving traffic from Twitter mostly and sometimes YouTube, that it wouldn't really matter which platform I'm using. But I think, first of all, I think people don't want to click the link as much because it's not Twitch and they don't care if it's not Twitch. And I also think that I had way more subscribers on Twitch way more quickly than I did with Hitbox. And I was using it in the exact same way with just stupid bullshit streams that I don't, you know, it's not like I was, I've, my content has become less quality or anything like that. I think the people, I'm, I think that I was underestimating how much people rely on Twitch's like subscriber system or whatever, following system or whatever, where it alerts you that someone's streaming and people were coming from Twitch who followed me and they'd come into the chat that way. Or come into the stream that way, and and uh, it's just weird. I, I I don't really care enough to like switch back over to Twitch. At least yeah. not like right now, because I I value that that instantaneous chat so much more. Uh, I I don't care if I have much less viewers. Being able to talk to the chat is is way more advantageous. But it's just weird. I I was I was surprised by by how much Twitch has dominated that. Like I don't think that they'll be like I thought for a while that they were just going to be 
totally surpassed by Hitbox because Hitbox was providing such a better product and everyone was so mad at Twitch. But then it was like everyone just forgot. And I should have known, like, that's what always happens. Everyone just forgets that, like, oh, never mind, you know, and whatever. All, all, all the, all the streamers and stuff that I follow also use Twitch. Uh, none of them use Hitbox. So I'm the only one. So you and I are the only ones that I even know of that use Hitbox. Place in the trail. Yeah. Yeah. I, I basically just, I'm probably never going to switch unless, you know, I can't think of a condition under which I'd switch, really. If, if Twitch allowed me to play music that I wanted, which I rarely even do, but I still do it occasionally, uh, and allowed me and, and, and had much less delay on a stream, then I'd switch back over, sure. But they don't. Yeah, so. if, I mean, well, yes, that, that's, that's the condition, basically. If they eliminate their mandatory 40-second delay, of, of course, that's the reason I switched in the first place, really. Anyway, so what's been going on with you? Well, besides Mad Max, uh, not really video games at all. Um, I saw, <laughs> I saw American Sniper, uh, which was just an okay movie about a guy in the military who sees the horrors of war. That was it. That was I, the the controversy, the political controversy around that movie. I'd I'd kind of wanted to see it just to see what all the hubbub was about, and big surprise, it's nothing like there. It, it it's just a movie about war and it and people were saying it glorifies war which is not at all even remotely true because it's like really it it fucks up the main character and just whatever i i don't i don't give a shit about any of that i never really did but i, I was just blown away by how unoffensive the movie was in comparison to how much uh craziness came about from it but anyway i i don't know i can't recommend it it's just it's just a if you want to see a war movie Go go for it. It's fine. Um, let's see. What else did I have? Hold on. I had... Uh, oh, God. I wanted to mention this. Uh, speaking of Mad Max. Jesus Christ. The trailers. Usually, I look forward to looking at the trailers before I go to a movie in the theater. Like, I always show up I on time. I actually didn't see any of the trailers before that movie. Well, lucky you. Getting my popcorn then. <laughs> lucky you. Because usually, like I, like I said, usually I like watching them. I A lot of the times, that's the first time I see a trailer or even hear of a movie because I don't... I don't watch TVs and stuff like that. So I was kind of excited. You know, I'm always kind of excited to see the trailers. I was like, okay, what's happening? Not a single trailer. Every every single trailer looked like complete garbage. Like, looked like a movie that I would actively avoid. Like what? Um, I have a list. <laughs> that bad? Yes. Okay. Um, these were the ones that I remembered. There might have been some other ones, but these were the ones I remembered uh, in this order. Uh, there was a Marvel movie. Uh, there was the new Jurassic Park, Jurassic World. Uh, there was a new Transporter movie. Uh, there was another new. How Marvel many movie. Transporter movies are there now? Three or four, I think. Uh, so there are two Marvel movies and one <laughs> span of trailers. Uh, the new Terminator and I'll the new back. the new disaster movie called San Andreas. I called it 2012, too, because it looked exactly the same as that movie, that, 2012. That's when I got back into the theater, is with the end of the Terminator trailer and the beginning of the San Andreas trailer. Yeah. Um, oh, I remember there was another movie that I, that I had forgotten about, but then I saw on my second viewing. Uh, the other trailer was for a comedy that's coming out with, like, 18 big, highly paid actors and some guest stars that aren't actors. And it's just one of those like really cynical cash grab movies that just pays a bunch of people who want to be paid. Uh, 
Happy I don't know. Madison? It's called. Is it a Happy Madison production? Uh, no, but it looks like it. It's an entourage. Entourage. It's. It looks oh. more highly produced than Happy Madison, and the stars are bigger. It's not like. It's not like '90s SNL people. It's. It's like current stars, but. Um, God, that shit is really cynical. And don't go see those those fucking movies. If you see a movie with more than like three big names then it's probably a movie that is very cynically made just to pay the actors and they all get together and say, here, we want to make this movie so that we can get just that shit is really annoying to me. Um, so one of the Marvel movies was fantastic Four, which has a, I, I don't, I don't care about the movie at all, but this one had the worst trailer. I think um, it was just by the book superhero trailer uh, with a, a couple of moments where you know how edit, trailers are always edited where they'll throw in a joke or two yep. or and you know you, a joke or the, two and every joke in the movie yeah it'll be like it'll be like action 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 with music and then it'll and then something will happen and then the action and then it'll go silent and <laughs> it'll cut to a character saying like something and then it'll cut to another character like and, and laughing and then it goes and then it goes back to the action Usually or, or drums, title screen or whatever will pick up like, bah, 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 yeah and um there's two moments i don't remember the first moment because it's really unremarkable the second moment where there's a joke i it's been bugging me because i couldn't figure out when they were editing this trailer what they thought was funny about this joke or about this moment uh the the rock man, the, the well, I don't know what he's called, but the the rock guy in Fantastic Four is is flying over uh some kind of military base or something like that in 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 like a stealth jet. It doesn't make any sense, but whatever. And 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 it, it cuts to like a child of buff looking guy who says he's two minutes out, and then the rock man drops out of the plane and he's he's skydiving down and he slams into the ground and starts beating the shit out of stuff. It's really loud, and then the, and then it goes silent, and it goes cuts back to Shia, and he says, or maybe less, and then it cuts to some hot woman, and she laughs. What is the, what is the joke? You know, she laughed. Well, I've had two explanations. I've had two That's people. The joke. I've had two people rationally try to explain it. The first said, uh, they thought he was going to use a parachute, and he didn't. And I thought, okay. That might make sense. But then, first of all, it would be way more than two minutes, probably, because parachutes take forever. But also, it, it, the, the scene establishes that he never, he's not, like, he obviously isn't going to use a parachute. He's, like, hanging on to the bottom of the plane. Like, he's not even, like, in, it's, it's, he's a big rock man. He couldn't even be parachuted in. So, I, that, that's not true. I, on the second viewing of the trailer, I said, that's not true. The other explanation I got was that because he's so heavy, he fell faster than they expected because he's a big rock man and that's the joke is that he's so big and crazy heavy that he got there faster Gravity. and that that just doesn't make sense because the physics don't work that way go watch the trailer i i it was, it was a very smart and subtle joke about terminal <laughs> velocity <laughs> i implore the viewers to go watch the tra- yeah maybe she was mocking him she was like oh he doesn't understand how gravity works um <laughs> So I implore the viewers to go watch the movie and and give their thoughts to me on on what you think the joke is at the end of the Fantastic Four movie. Or don't. Or don't. The the other Marvel movie was Ant-Man. It's a man who shrinks himself to a tiny size and 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 has an army of ants to fight his enemies. Yeah. 
and it's the epic uh, conclusion to phase two of the marvel cinematic universe yeah and then the the 2012 movie has has the rock in it and a lot of buildings falling and a cruise ship tipping over it's it's the 2012 movie again uh the terminator movie is just a series of callbacks to the original terminator like it looks like a robot chicken episode or or Family Guy episode where it's just like remember Greatest this happened. Album it's like here's the Terminator, you know, teleporting in naked. Uh, here's that that enemy that looks like Merc- Mercury or whatever. Here's Arnold uh, saying I'll be back. Here's Ar- Arnold saying I'll be back and get out. And and here's uh an action or a chase car chase sequence that looks very similar to the first movie here's a line where someone says get in if you want to live it I, that movie <laughs> i cannot see that movie you know, it would just depress the fuck out of me you know what was a trailer that i saw and that might it actually looks like it could be good is the new vacation movie that looks like it could be funny did was that did that I play before that, yours? No. Okay, so they're rebooting Vacation, like the Chevy Chase movies. Oh, okay. with um Ed Helms as has his son all grown up with his own family, and there was a, a little joke at the uh, at the start of it, where it's they're talking about family photos, the, the old family photos from the old Vacation movies, and it's like I haven't I haven't seen the original Vacation. One of the kids says, and then the dad says, "It's okay, you don't need to have seen the original Vacation." The, the idea is that the new vacation will be able to stand on its own, mm-hmm. and it was it was it was cleverly handled. I, I didn't really do it justice, but there was nice <laughs> little jokes, um, like they swim in raw sewage and find a syringe in the water, and the kids start playing with it like it's a little dart. It just it looks like it captures the same kind of fun spirit that was also kind of creative well, uh, in hope. terms of its jokes. I hope it's going to be good. It might because not be, movies but. like the new Terminator and the new Jurassic Park or Jurassic World uh, look like they're just hey, remember this? Here's it better with better graphics. Look at the graphics. Aren't they cool? Yeah. Okay. So on the subject of terrible things, I want to talk about Broken Age Act Two. Oh boy! So video games. Anybody what? who's seen my 2014 uh, video would know that I really liked the first act of Broken Age Act 2. And I went into it, um, I went into Act 2 really prepared to like it. I thought it was going to be great, and that all this waiting was going to be worth it. It took like a year for the second act of this game to come out. And it's just complete shit. It's absolute garbage. I'm amazed that anybody likes it. It seems to be getting okay reviews. They're kind of middling but they're not as they should. It should be panned universally. Um, it's one of the laziest games I've ever played. There's almost no new assets in Act Two. It's almost all exactly the same environments, exactly the same characters, everything exactly the same. The puzzles were not difficult in Act One, but they were fun. They were simple, and if you applied some thought to them, you could figure out the solution. This there. Are just puzzles where you want to kill yourself that are literally trial and error and there is no way that you could infer any possible solution using thought no matter how carefully you considered it um like here's an example there's a puzzle where you have to wire this hexagon robot 
and the you have three wires to work with. Bear with me here. Three wires, and you can connect them from six different nodes on the hexagon. And then you have to plug it into a machine, and then it spits out like a bunch of symbols. And you have to make the symbols look a certain way. But there is absolutely no way to tell what configuration of wires will produce which symbols. You literally just have to try it. And there's it's mind-numbing. And that same puzzle is repeated like six times. I don't know, man. Maybe you're just stupid. Yeah, it, is, it was abysmal. It was... And then, okay, the climax, the final scene of the game, it's just the worst section of a game I've played in, like, years. Um, So, you're getting shot. Both characters are now close to each other in their separate ships, and they're getting shot at. But then there's an elaborate series of puzzles that require you to, like, switch between the two characters and do things in a very specific order. And if you remotely mess something up, then you have to restart the whole process again. And it's just horribly tedious, just unforgivably tedious. And then this takes so long, even if you knew exactly what to do, it would still take a a good amount of time. It just kind of, the game just forgets that you were ever being shot at in the first place. Like, you just, they just stop and they forget about that part of the story, which was like the whole source of urgency for the ending in the first place. It just, it was a complete piece of shit. I, I, I'm amazed anyone liked it. Well, that sucks. I mean, I've heard bad things about it, but it, what it felt like to me was that nobody really liked it that much and they finished it and didn't have very strong feelings about it. You're the first one that I've heard just go off on it, but I don't know it much about it. it. It's, you know, okay, so you know how they th- compare it to the Star Wars prequels uh, in terms of, like, laziness of the way it was made. If you've looked at, like, behind-the-scenes footage of the way George Lucas directed Star Wars Episode One and Episode Two, he's almost always sitting down and just looking at screens. But if you look at, you know, him making the originals, he's standing up, he's getting in there, considering different shots... But, you know, the the new movies, he's just sitting on his ass looking at screen saying, yeah, that's good. I think that's fine. And then people standing around him suggesting stuff. I watched the yeah. Double Fine documentary, and it, it's almost exactly the same. It's <laughs> fat-ass Tim Schafer sitting in his chair looking at screens, and people huddled around him. And then he's like, yeah, that's fine. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the whole process of it. And this was what killed me. I'm not sure if this is, you know, anybody else will think this is so funny. But uh, we've got a little inside joke on our mumble. That's going to be great. Because there's this clip of George Lucas just saying, yeah, it's going to be great. That's going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. we just think that's funny. It's going to be great. Anyway. It's going to be great. Almost verbatim, Tim Schafer says that in the (laughs) documentary. He's like, yeah, we think that's going to be great. I was just dying. Like, he is... <laughs> Tim Schafer has become prequel George Lucas. That's what he is. He's that lazy. He's that contemptible. He's a piece of shit. Don't ever buy anything he makes ever again. So what you're saying is that you're going to make a review of it in the Plinkett style, and uh, <laughs> we're all going to look forward to that video. It's going to be like 40 minutes long. Yeah. Yeah. It's just... Fuck it. Whatever. <laughs> oh, it's... It was such a waste of potential like that that i loved act one so much i i really was not expecting to even dislike this 
much less hate it. But it it really is just the laziest piece of shit I've ever seen. Great. Uh, Damn, that sucks. There there are worse games. There are worse games, but there aren't (laughs) games that so impressively shit on their potential. I think they should put that on their box art. There are worse games. Push and shout podcast. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Glowing phrase. Oh, God. God. That does suck, because I, I, even from you, like, especially coming from you, but, like, I've heard it all over the place, that, that the first act was, like, people really loved it, and uh, from what I've seen, like, the, the, the voice acting and everything, like, it just seems really well made, and at least, I mean, does the story and voice acting and stuff at least hold up no, in the second act? Or? The story has been, the story is the worst thing, actually. Um, they just completely Great. jettisoned everything that made the first act story good. Like, just, I don't want to get into the details of it, but... Uh, just as an example, the boy character, Shay, he's on this ship and his parents are sort of like these AI robots and they talk to him and they have personalities, and but they're computers. And it, it was kind of interesting to see how he's grown up isolated on this ship, raised by these computers. And then at the start of Act 2, you just meet the kid's dad and it turns out, wow, he's just, he's just, this is their literal explanation of it. He's just been treating his parents like computers because he's a teenager. Mm. That's what they do with it. They fucking ruin it. It's terrible. I, th- I feel like maybe that's like a case of, like, I, I see this a lot, I think, and I, I'm going to struggle to think of examples now that I've said it, but the, the, the idea of like, someone comes out with something that is truly amazing and it's, it's an artistic expression, like, like has never been done before and speaks to a lot of people. And it turns out it was kind of all an accident. Uh, like, like maybe that wasn't even their intention to begin with because they come out with a sequel that just destroys it all. And, and all the themes and stuff from the first just get completely ruined because it's like, maybe they never actually had that in mind to begin with. But I always want to think that's not the case that, that I'd rather think that rather than that, they just became cynical bastards with a lot of money and didn't really care much and wanted to make you another can one. Tell. I think it think I think it's pretty evident what the creative process was like when you play it, even not watching the documentary. Um, they had this moment in mind from the start. I think Tim Schafer thought that he had an ending because he had this moment, and that moment is that the two characters will meet at the end, and it'll be sweet, and that's what does happen. But it it has no meaning at all because it's not set up in any way. It, you can't feel anything about it. I want to read this second to last bit from the only article that seems to hate it as much as me from Rock Paper Shotgun. And this is what this guy had to say about the game. Um, because Shay's arrested development is entirely abandoned, and because Vela is apparently just fine with having been bred to be murdered, the game is just isn't about anything anymore. This broken age, a time every human being on Earth has experienced its some version, is miserably unexplored by games, and looked as though it might have been given a touching, smart look here. But it was just, in fact, a setup for a really fucking stupid plot about genetically altered alien-looking people wanting some DNA. That describes it pretty well, I think, that it looked like it was going to be about something interesting, that they were just barely flirting with a really creative and original concept, and they just took a huge diarrhea dog turd on it. Every video game nerd here doing a review of Broken Age 2. Yeah. uh, God, I hate to, to keep using the prequels as a reference, but it's like when, like... 
George Lucas creates these very simple movies that have a very strong impact on people. It, it, just the whole idea of the Force, and it's it's this this intangible concept, uh, and everyone you know it surrounds us and binds us, and it's within everyone, and da 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 da. And and then in the prequels, he says that they're they're micro, they're nano machines, or whatever the fuck they are, midichlorians, and you have to wonder like is that what he thought from the beginning or is it something that when he was making yeah. the prequels he just forgot that he ever really had that great <laughs> idea and he was just like ah fuck it the the kids want to the kids want an explanation for what the force is that's 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 George Lucas he's turned into like a 1920s gangster he's like this given is the, the mortal middle Korean see this is the last I'll say about it um and this part of this rock paper shotgun article probably says it better than the other part that I read this one sentence here Broken Age is, it turns out, not a game about the complexities of being a teenager, of the transition from childhood to adulthood, but in fact, some dumb thing about funny-looking birds and evil space aliens. That's what it is. That's what it becomes in Act 2. It's a real shame. It was cool, and now it's not. And it's not, like, the kind of thing where you can kind of mentally separate it. It's It's the second act, and they're not separated in, like, a menu. You don't choose between the episodes. If you play it now, you'll just literally seamlessly continue into Act 2. The whole thing is ruined, I think, at this point. Well, that sucks. I can't I can't recommend anyone play even Act 1 now. It's a shame. <laughs> Great. Uh, well, what else you got? Okay, so let's talk about GOG. Good old games. Good old, good old games. Let's. Hatred tried to sell... Or sorry, destructive creations tried to sell hatred on good old games, and it seems like a pretty easy fit for it. It's as a store or as a distributor, good old games is less. Uh, the steam isn't draconian or anything, but they're a little more restrictive than GOG, you'd think. But um, good old games, they got their beta key, they played the game, and then they didn't really explain it. They didn't give an explanation that it's offensive or that we don't want this kind of thing on the store. They just said we can't sell it. Um, so that surprised some people. I don't really care, though. I mean, it is pretty... <laughs> I mean, it's repulsive stuff. I can understand why somebody wouldn't want it on their store. We had this same discussion, actually, I think, when when Valve pulled it and then Gabe yeah. put it back up, that it, it wouldn't really have been that big of a deal if they kept it down. It's sort of your your right as a distributor to choose what goes on your shelves. Yeah, I mean, it is their right, and I I think as a company, maybe it's a bad decision because you're setting a precedent of like, well, where do you draw the line in the sand with what's offensive, what's violent? You know, what do you, what, what, what about it is so offensive that it's more offensive than these other games that are about yeah. violence and stuff? And I, I don't know. I, I don't like to see that because I feel like it is, uh, like I said, it's setting a precedent that is really hard to defend. And I, I wish they wouldn't do it, even if Hatred turns out to be a shitty game and it, it's obviously going to be a very offensive game that really seems like it's just made to be offensive. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. I wish they wouldn't do what's, it, but it, well, it's not a huge deal. What's strange, and some people think there's more to the story because they haven't, Good Old Games hasn't said anything and they gave a very vague answer. So nobody's really sure if this is a content related thing or something else it could be because i know that you have to be drm free on good old games that's the only that's like a prerequisite 
for selling games there, I'm pretty sure. So I don't know. That maybe hatred is DRM free. I wouldn't know because I don't really follow it that closely. But yeah, I mean, you have it, to assume that it's because of the content because it's that kind of game. But you're right; it could be. I mean, and GOG seems like even beyond just the DRM stuff, they seem like they might curate their stuff pretty heavily, and they might just say it didn't seem like a very good game. <laughs> um, I, I don't know what their policy is or anything like that. So it. Yeah, we're working on conjecture. It does say good in, in the service name. It does, I mean. it does. They have to live up to their own name. Okay. Uh, what is this with Battlefield Hardline? Um, I put this under news nobody cares about. Uh, Battlefield Hardline's getting a DLC. Um, I oh, think that's it's a, what I think NCA stands for. Yeah, okay. I think it's a single-player DLC. Uh, because the single-player wow, Battlefield Hardline was, 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 <laughs> was really... Uh, impactful uh it probably adds some multiplayer stuff too they probably do both at once but yeah so that's uh that's my contribution for news nobody cares about cool okay revisiting our good friends at polygon we like to do this time to time um ben kachera edited a piece by a developer named katie churianis i think is the name anyway She's an indie dev who has a Kickstarter, and she wrote an ops piece called Big Indie Kickstarters Are Killing Actual Indies. It's just a funny article to read. I mean, it's not like, wow, look at this. Oh, my God, this is such a travesty of journalism. At this point, you can't really waste energy talking about that. But it's just kind of a funny article to read because it's just very clearly this person whining that their own Kickstarter isn't more popular and just trying to shit on more popular Kickstarters. It's, it's very amusing. Yeah. And the whole, I haven't read the article, but the the whole idea of, of someone complaining that Kickstarter isn't that, that the, that their Kickstarter isn't doing well enough compared to this Kickstarter. They're lucky that Kickstarter is even still a thing that people are using. Um, The fact that, that games like whatever um, uh, the banjo, kazooie thing ukulele uh, yeah project ukulele the the fact that games like that are being successfully funded on kickstarter is is way better than the alternative where games like that don't exist on kickstarter and nobody is using kickstarter anymore they need the publicity of those big games the thing is they're just blaming the wrong thing there like i can tell you straight up that is exactly what's happening because those big games are keeping them afloat for sure because kickstarter would die without the publicity without people being aware of its existence it's it's uh, yeah, I, think I don't like le- Kickstarter. It's less about Kickstarter dying to me. It's just that's the those are the games people want to play. Kickstarter, it's they're not, you know, they don't have like a whole lot of expenses. It's not like they need the uh, the big name indie devs to stay open to keep their doors open. It's just the why wouldn't you want to you know pledge your money toward people who have proven reputations and who aren't just making yet another whimsically illustrated adventure game which is what this kickstarter project of this writer appears to be yeah i mean it's really just complaining that that more experienced people are 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 getting more credibility than them or whatever you know it's like it would be like me complaining that i don't have as many subscribers as total biscuit or something i i don't create content like he does i don't put the work in i don't deserve the same amount of attention uh and and it's it's silly to blame those games for their lack of success that's that is just totally wrong yep 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 there was a similar article that i don't really care about 
um, or not similar, but about a similar subject. Patrick Klepek over at Kotaku. Uh, he wrote something about the headline was like Kickstarter lying about their budgets. And they used a big header image of ukulele. And they didn't even talk about ukulele in the actual article. It was like yeah. just blatant clickbait. Um, at, but very shortly afterwards, um, they updated the article, changed the headline, and apologized. So, you know. Yeah, I like to give the benefit of the doubt on that stuff because I've actually uh, – Patrick Klepek actually on an earlier article got criticized for using a, a really inflammatory headline that was like – I think he has he has like some sort of podcast or something or vlog or or, or something like that, and he was talking about uh, PT and Kojima and, and Konami, and he used the the title Konami sucks. That was it, and he was complaining <laughs> about Konami, and people said, "Well, that's that is a really clickbaity, inflammatory headline. Like we we expect more from the 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 prestigious Polygon website," and uh, and he actually. I kind of appreciate that he did this, but I, I don't know how much I actually believe it. He said he, he listed the titles that were under consideration by a group of people who, who were approving the thing. And there were like two titles that were very descriptive, just as you would expect a news article to be. And then there were two titles that were more kind of joking and, and, and inflammatory like that. And he said the, the, the logic for picking the more inflammatory one was that it was, uh, more entertaining, more lighthearted, and whatever, and like fit with the content better, or something like that. And it didn't feel like a bullshit answer, but I do see it all the time with with Polygon and 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 Kotaku and stuff. Is is these clickbaity kind of head of titles and and like you said, header images and stuff. I do give the benefit of the doubt though, because they, these are the kinds of websites where. They're trying to be trendy. They're trying to be fun and connected to the audience and stuff like that. And if you're too business-like about it, if all your articles are just headlined in a very matter-of-fact way and all that stuff, it's not going to be as – it's just not going to have the right feel that they're going for. And I, I defend them for that at least. But And and for that, as for the header image, that was probably just some editor that was like, Kickstarter? What's a big Kickstarter? Oh, that ukulele thing. That was the big recent Kickstarter and didn't care whether that was actually directly related to the, the, the meat of the article or not. So I I hate to defend Polygon, but I feel like that's probably unintentional. That one was um, Kotaku. Whatever. Doesn't matter. It's all how the could same you, How could you confuse them? Oh, okay? I don't know. They're uh, different. Yeah, it's crazy. Um. <laughs> oh, um, God. This is also should be I put it under there under news no one cares about but before knowing what your acronym meant but it actually does belong there. I just saw a fun little video from Smash 4 and it's this guy is exploiting the AI and certain spawn positions on the maps to kill every character, every enemy AI character on the maximum difficulty just by being Luigi and sitting still. He just does, he just does nothing, and then every character manages to kill himself. You based. know that that's a uh, tribute. That's a tribute to another video. Are you Is aware it? of the other one? I don't. Um, there was a video that came out, and it was a montage of uh, uh, the God. What is the fucking what is it? The board game version of Mario games um, that sucks that what? everyone hates. What Mario Party. Everyone hates Mario Party. <laughs> I don't know. I, a lot of you it, it, hate it in the way that, like, you play it and you get mad at it. Is what I mean. Oh, um, yeah. Because yeah. goddamn, that will make you scream. Um, 
so anyway, Mario Party, yeah, it was a montage of the mini games from Mario Party, and it was someone playing as Luigi every time, and they would not move, and the other characters would kill each other off, and then he'd be the last one standing, and he'd win. Uh, so I, I guess, I guess in tribute to that video, they did it with Smash, which is pretty hilarious. I, I like that that actually worked. I'm, I'm gonna have to look up that video. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. <laughs> I mean, it depends on like whether. You can't just go and just be Luigi and sit still and let everybody die. Well, yeah, it's, it's the same way like with the Mario Party. Certain ca- it's kind of – it probably took a lot of work because the guy has to go to different maps depending on which character he's trying to kill by sitting still because their movesets and AI, like, fuck out in certain ways on certain maps. It's pretty cool. It's interesting to watch if if just to look at how the ai works yeah i'll show you the other video because it's i i like it a lot actually um <laughs> it's pretty funny cool cool so i think i guess yeah we don't really have more news um i guess i could just say what my bloodborne news is i got back into it i'm trying to do the thing called the defiled chalice which is this bullshit place that halves your health and the bosses essentially kill you in one hit. Literally, one hit, you die. Sounds fun. Yeah, it's 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 not fun, but <laughs> but it, it is kind of a an addictive sort of grind that you get into. Not like in grinding for loot sense, even though they try to do that with you getting different loot in these dungeons. That doesn't so much interest me. But it's kind of like a difficulty grind, which is fun sure. in a little bit of a way. So that's what I'm doing in Bloodborne. You mentioned well, something about Periscope in your thing, and we talked about it a yeah. little bit the other day. So did you try it? Uh, Periscope finally came out on Android. Uh, it's been a long time. I, I, God damn it. I, I always see this. Fucking people who have Apple phones, who have iPhones, act like they're the only phones in the world, and it drives me insane. Like I, I'm constantly being like attached to group messages where they're using the iPhone stuff and it doesn't work with my phone, and it's like fuck, and 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 just apps that come out on iPhone and they're like we'll come out on Android eventually. Anyway, per- Periscope was one of those apps, and it finally came out on Android, and uh, and and so I fooled around with it today, and I I did a Periscope journey to McDonald's and, and into the drive-in and and Periscoped my adventure getting a double cheeseburger, and uh, I had. A lot of viewers, actually. I don't know why so many people tuned in. I guess because Periscope is this cool new thing, but it was real dumb. Uh, I I, w- I looked back at the footage and it was pretty low quality, but like considering it's using a cell network, I thought it was all right. Uh, I don't know. I could use it some more. I don't know. I don't know what I would use it for, but it's it's. I, I think it's cool. It's neat. That's all I have to say about it. Hey everyone, uh, around this point in the podcast, for some reason, Michael's microphone stopped recording for the audio-only version. Uh, I think the YouTube version still is complete, so if you head over to pushshot.net, you can find the YouTube video there if you want to hear the rest. But there's only a few minutes left, I don't really think that we say much, uh, so you're not missing much. Uh, I think we know what the problem is, and it's not going to happen again, hopefully. Uh, but yeah, we'll see you next week. And hopefully you'll be able to hear the whole podcast next time. Uh, See you then. Good night.